Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a great show. I can already tell. Feel it in my bones. Me too. Hello, everybody. My name is Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training. This is the lovely Joel sitting next to me. This is the What Would Jeff Do show. It's on every uh, Wednesday and Friday, 5 or 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you don't know what time, we have a thumbnail that goes up on YouTube and Facebook. And eventually this will be streamed on Instagram as well, starting next week. The replay is always on YouTube. Um, for all the folks on YouTube, you can do something called Top Chat. There's a little dollar sign in your comment section. You can throw us some cash. And that goes towards, well, when Angelo, Angelo did his podcast yesterday, it goes towards his book fund. And uh, it's going to go towards our, uh, I don't know, video making fund. A lot of great things happening right now. We've got a lot of great uh, benefits on our Patreon channel, um, on our subscriber channel. This weekend, I am doing a Instagram subscriber-only Q&A every Monday and, uh, I'm sorry, Tuesday and Thursday, the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show has been moved to Patreon. So it's a Patreon exclusive. You can only get it, get it live. You can ask questions about anything on those shows. And you can also, there's two more Q&A shows. So that's four Q&A shows, three regular podcasts, a Zoom room on Tuesday nights. Patreon is has got the Zoom. Patreon also offers 20% off all of your courses and your in your in your consults, um, which is incredible. And uh, uh, being part of our Instagram membership program, you get a lot of behind the scenes. You get a lot of our training, our active training. We don't want to just clog up stories with that, but a mm-hmm. lot of people are familiar familiar with that. And mm-hmm. then you're now we're going to get a Q and A this weekend for exclusively for um, for for folks that are members of the solid canine training channel if you don't know how to do that there's a always a little subscription uh link in the stories that you can join and if there's not a subscription link in the stories if you go to our front page on instagram in our bio heading right below it's some categories there there's one for subscriptions this is a show where you will type in your question joel will ask the question i will read the answer the 13 years i've been doing this online 20 years um uh, dog training, 13 years between radio show and podcasting. The thing that we can help the people with the most, the thing that I'm the most helpful with, the value that I offer the the dog training community, um, dog owners, is how to stop unwanted behaviors. Um, most folks are struggling with bad behaviors and stopping them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want, if you, I actually probably wouldn't let you hire me to teach your dog how to do obedience. I would tell you to get our green to graduate program. The reason why I would tell you to get our green to graduate program. Good. Sit. And I'm going to lure. Good. Down. Good. Tucker here. Good job. Down. Turn around and come back towards us. Angelo, walking the so dog. Young there. Yep. Tucker, here! That's my boy! Look at this recall. Boom. Here? There we go. So That's the reason why I recommend the Green to Graduate program is because we took a totally untrained dog. And that was a little for all the folks listening to the podcast. Thank you um, for listening on all the different podcast platforms. We are on Spotify. Um, and... Uh, 
a bunch of other ones, Apple, Google, and a few other ones, iHeartRadio, I believe. Um, and that dog came to us without knowing its name. We followed the program. We actually made the program the way we teach the dogs on all the obedience to a higher level, to off-leash reliability under voice control. And we did that in 11 days, you know, whoop-de-doo. Um, uh, you can do it in a month. Um, we just have done it so many, so many times. Um, so <clears throat> as we go through the show, a lot of questions remind me of different stories and different things. And I often go off on, on rants. So Joelle, why don't you start with the questions? Robert, hello. Have you used e-collar in the vibrate mode? If so, under what conditions? Um, we have not. We don't. Well, I shouldn't say that. I First, it's important to understand how remote collars work, the concept behind remote collar training. I think the majority of people, this doesn't mean you, Robert, but I think the majority of people out there, um, even if they're using the e-collar, the e they might actually not know how to properly train obedience on the remote collar by layering it over existing obedience or using a reward-based system with the remote collar. This is what people aren't familiar with. You can actually use a reward-based system with the remote collar and up into correction level. We don't use vibrates, and this is the reason why. Vibrates is sometimes way too powerful for people. A lot of times people use vibrate because they don't want to use sh the shock feature or they'll use the tone. And they use it without fully understanding what each function does. Like tone is a marker. Tone can mean yes, tone can mean no. But the utilization of a remote collar is not to use tone. It's to actually mark something preceding a consequence, a positive consequence or a negative consequence. It's just a marker. That's all it is. Vibrate sounds better than shock, but vibrates, the standard vibrate, which is not adjustable, it does not go up and down. The numbers go up and down, but the vibrate does not go up and down. It is a fixed vibration. It is too powerful for many dogs. It freaks them out. Also, if a dog is in drive, they often could um, blow through vibrates. So it's important that dogs are taught on the shock feature because dogs also blow through the highest level of that. So it's important to understand learning theory and then how to incorporate uh, the remote collar into learning uh, the learning theory. So we don't use vibrates. That does not mean somebody else can't, but we don't. We have a four-step system on how we train remote collars. It's called priming, CS, continuous stim, which um, is one of the protocols. Um, NCS, non-compliance stim, and then um, the correction or punishment phase of the remote collar, which is very important that people get up to that phase. Next. Robert, how did you learn how to do these podcasts, the equipment, adding videos like you just did, et cetera? Um, I, uh, trial and error. I started doing podcasts on um, just um, my iPad. Well, I started doing a radio show in, a, in an actual professional radio show station at, um, that Citadel owns out in East Providence, Rhode Island. It was on WPRO um, AM 790. Um, I used to do that back with when Buddy Cianci was doing a show. If you don't know who Buddy Cianci is, Google him. Um, very well-known um, 
a radio person, but also an even more well-known um, uh, mayor of Providence, as well as a convicted felon who uh, may his rest in peace because he's a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, so uh, it's, I learned a lot from trial and error, from trying different things, from watching people's videos, from just like figuring it out. We use a program called StreamYard. There's many podcasting programs out there, but we use something called StreamYard. Mics, I never used a mic before. Didn't use a soundboard before. We just got all this stuff like we just, a few months ago. Mm, right? Within moved? the last six months, yeah. yeah. Yeah, lighting, we didn't use professional lighting. So next. $10 top chat from Best Behaved Pups. Good evening, Jeff and Joelle. A little frustrated this evening as I've had a few people who have canceled their lessons this week, some due to the flu and some for other reasons, trying to be positive. Well, Karen, you know, it does happen. That's the thing about doing one-on-ones and one more reason why you should do board and trains. As mm -hmm. we discussed last night on the inner circle. Hint, hint. Next. Jace, hi, I'm excited to pick up Odin Sunday. But question, have you ever taught tone avoidance, like using it as a no marker followed by stim? So that is not one of our protocols, but many trainers out there do. There's a lot of people that are on the tone thing where they're doing tone as their marker and then stim. We do not, but that doesn't mean you can't. And that doesn't mean even though we didn't with Odin, um, you could still incorporate that because Odin is smart enough to pick it up. Next. Debbie, how much time will you spend training Odin's owner? Well, Odin's owner is actually a dog trainer. Odin's o Odin came to us extremely well-trained, well-behaved, but with massive leash reactivity, which is um, an art to crack that nut. It's an art to crack that nut. A lot of... Um, most dog trainers who do reward only cannot actually stop leash reactivity. They can't. They say they can, but they can't. You can, you could, I can get just about any dog to stop it in a classroom easily in five minutes. I can get a dog to stop it in a classroom. Take the dog out into the real world with dogs lunging on a leash, coming around corners and surprising you, off-leash dogs ch chasing you, that's a whole different scenario. Remember, what's done in the classroom is a great way to start, but that's not the real world. Just like the CGC, I am not against the CGC test. But all that is is a it is not real. It is a, it's like a choreographed dance routine. That's all that is. So it doesn't have a lot of application to the real world. The great thing about it is the, the owner put the work in, and that's the best part about that I like, that the owner actually put in work. Next. Robert says, I love CNC. Yes. She's a good guy. Was a good guy. Still is a good guy. I've, I actually, my family, um, actually my ex-wife's family knows him very, very well. Next. Karen said, LOL, you're so right about switching to board and train, working on it. Okay, well, you know how to expedite that. Next. Meek. Micah, uh, Micah. Micah. Got my e-collar today. My dog knows basic commands, lay, stay, down, but will break the stay command. Can I start with e-collar or need more basic training? So the way that we, it's important, like I mentioned earlier in the show, a lot of times people think the remote collar is a quick fix. The only quick fix that the remote collar is, is, is for barking, rushing the door, 
counter surfing, getting in the trash, eating shit, getting in the litter box, um, resource guarding. Those are quick fixes as they should be. Obedience takes time. What we do is we train the dogs off of the remote collar using a reward-based system, commonly called positive reinforcement training. I, Jeff Gelman, solemnly swear that we use positive reinforcement training. Just use your so, right hand. So help me God. Um, so, uh, and then we layer, then we get the dog up to correction level, punishment level off the remote. So the dog understands the word no and understands what a consequence is. Then we layer the remote collar over because we have a system on that. I will link you to our Green to Graduate program because okay. we break it all down. So the Green to Graduate program, which is $197, if you're a Patreon member, it's Green 20% off, which brings it down to like $150. We'll literally, I hate that word. Sorry, that's that's a filler word. Literally. I'm not supposed to use that word. Says who? Um, because, of course, what I'm speaking is literal. Oh. Okay. It will change your life. Okay. It will change your life. So if I say it will literally change your life, it's like, why don't I just say it, it will literally it will, it will change your life. Change Stop that. Your life. Thank you. I'm going to post it right now. All right. I'm sure you will just because um, you want to correct me. All right. Uh, so you, I don't want you correcting your dog on the remote collar for obedience yet because it doesn't understand what it means. You got to go through the process. You're speaking a foreign language to your dog. Remember that it is a communication device. You're speaking a language to your dog. We have dogs that know that are that are competition quality obedience dogs that have no idea what a remote collar is. So it doesn't make a difference what button you push, they still won't know what to do when it comes to obedience. Next. Katie, hi, I'm just looking for an opinion on allowing dog to sleep in your bed or being allowed on the furniture when working on reactivity and unwanted behavior. Is it just a matter of preference? Um, it's a matter of preference if you want it to go quicker. I am not against dogs in bed and I'm not against dogs, um, on furniture. But the question I would ask you, um, what's her name? Katie. The question I would ask you, Katie, is, is a dog on the furniture or in, in your bed to meet your emotional needs? Or do you think it makes the dog a better dog? Answer that question. There is many things you can do to stop leash reactivity. Most of it has nothing to do with the actual walk. 90% of stopping leash reactivity is non-walk related. How about those apples? I just put up a post on that today. How about those apples for you? So where does it start? It starts at home. It starts making things non-negotiable. It's getting your dog up to correction level on all its obedience around distractions in the house. It's about having very strict rules and having a permission-based household. It's about getting your dog's arousal under control in the house. And then you move it outside and it's we do, the, we do a lot of pre-walk stuff. And then by the time we go for a walk, the last thing the dog wants to even do is be leash reactive. Now, we still have dogs that are leash reactive, many dogs. But keep in mind, but keep in mind that now the dog understands what yes and no is and will value you 
more than no. A post went up today about that as well. On, um, put a couple posts up about that. Next. Lori, do you have a base charge for board and train or is the cost case by case? No, no. We All of our charges are on our website. All of our, and I encourage all dog trainers to put your charges on your website. So as a professional dog trainer, you have a price for your fees. So because a lot of times people will say their dogs are not, like people will always say their dogs are trained, but when they come in, the, the level of the bar that most people put on their, when people say to me, well, my dog is trained. I'm like, can your dog do a one hour down stay at Starbucks with dogs, strollers, cars, basketballs, skateboards, bicycles going by and not move? And if the answer is no, then your dog is not trained. So trained dogs, standards. trained dogs can do that. Can your dog, if your dog was chasing a deer, and you said name of dog, so you know, text here. Would your dog spin around on a dime? No, your dog would keep going and chasing the deer. Your dog's not trained, or you haven't trained your dog up to a punishment level for non compliance of a known command. Put it that way. So, our charges are our charges are our charges. I'm not a big fan of companies that. Um, don't post their charges and then come up with prices. I like things to be transparent and so does the client. So does the client. True that. So we've got three prices, four-week board and train, six-week board and train, and six-week aggressive dog board and train. And the six-week aggressive dog board and train should be probably thousands of dollars even more than we charge because it's very, very dangerous to work with truly aggressive dogs, which most folks do not. Next. Let's see. Mark, hi, Jeff and Joelle. Just picked up a lab rescue. We'll be starting the Green Graduate tomorrow. We'll keep you updated on his progress. Awesome. Mark, nice. document as much as you can. It'd be great to see. It'd be great to see. Mm -hmm. If the dog is solid in mind, it should go like butter. Next. Debbie, just got a client that only wants day training instead of board and train for three weeks. She wants to bring her dog to me and pick up daily. I've never encountered this. It seems to be common. Debbie, let me ask you a question. Do you offer that service and do you want to? Mm -hmm. That's a question. I get calls daily. When I was in Providence, I've been around for 20 years. I got my feet wet. For the first eight years of my life, going to seven to nine people's houses a day, seven days a week. Wow, how'd you do that, Jeff? 14 to 16 hour days, driving to people's houses. When I opened up a training center, I stopped doing that. I used to get offered 500 hours an hour to go to people's houses. Like once I said no, I still wouldn't do it. Why? Because I didn't offer that service anymore. I didn't offer that service anymore. So there's a lot of people that want certain things, but they need other things. So as a professional, as a professional, your dog needs a board and train. Why? This is the big misconceptions about board and trains. Everybody thinks the owner needs to be trained. I agree 1,000%. We offer six hours of training to the human but they're doing it with a rehabbed dog. 
it's way more effective than six one-on-one sessions with an untrained dog. Also, a ton of training happens after 5 or 6 p.m. when the dog would traditionally go home. Number one, the owner doesn't undo it. The dog doesn't fall back into old habits. And there's a lot of important things at night that owners are allowing dogs to do that actually jeopardize the success of the training. Now, that doesn't mean that program can't work, but that's not what we do. If you don't want to do that, don't do that. It's up to you. If you want to try it, try it. But I would make my fee the same. From a business standpoint, my fee would be the same. In fact, I might even charge more because it's actually harder to do. Because now the dog falls back a little bit every day and you're working harder and you're making up for lost time. So if you were went to... Um, our fitness camp, which we don't have, but if you went to our fitness camp and we were in control of your breakfast, lunch, dinner, your workout routine, your meditation routine, your access to electronics, and then all of a sudden at night you went home and on the way home you went to McDonald's, listened to um, mass media news, which is full of lies and deception, and then watched stupid TV shows and read the newspaper and you came back the next day, I've lost 15 to 20% of what I've taught you. Look at it that way. Next. Um, Robert, why layer the e-collar on top of obedience training? What would we get out of that that typical obedience training does not give? I'm still learning about the e-collar. You can communicate with your dog. The, 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 the best thing about remote collar training is a bunch of things, mo which most trainers are actually not even aware of. Yep. I would say that the majority of e-collar trainers actually do not know the power of e-collar training as I don't know the power of my iPhone. You don't? All the different functions an iPhone can do? Mm. No. Nope. Mm. Don't know how to scan a document on my iPhone. Are you serious? I can show you. I know you can. I'm just saying. There's a lot of things I don't know how to do. You know, so um, e-collar training is one of the best tools out there for the rehabilitation of anxious, fearful, stressed dogs. Okay. The majority of the population would think it would be the worst thing. Many dog trainers think it's the worst thing. That just means to me that they don't know how to do it. We teach people how to do it. We it's not a secret. We like we talk about it all the time. I'm not going to talk about it this second on the show because it like takes like we're, it's extensive work. I could also have a conversation with my dog through walls, on different floors of the house, in noisy areas, at great distance. Right now, if Odin, who is to my right, who's in his kennel right now, stood up. While looking at the camera, I can push a button on my remote collar and the dog would lie down. So if I'm in an important meeting because I work from home, I can literally control my dog's movements if my dog decides to break a command without taking my eyes off the screen and saying anything to my dog. I'm teaching my dog a language and the remote collar is speaking to it. And the reason why we layer it over it because of the process that we do, we actually teach the dog what the stim actually means, which is not being done. 
um, it has the added benefit of it's great for aggression rehab. It is extremely safe for aggression rehab. A lot of people say it'll make the dog more aggressive. In 20 years, 10,000 dogs, mm, 7,000 of them being aggressive. I've never seen it in my life before. I've never seen the dog become worse on a remote collar. Never. I've only seen a dog become better. And I, and I do a lot of remote collar training. I've only seen dogs get better. I've seen dogs get significantly better. I've seen dogs not being killed because of the e-collar. I've also seen dogs being killed with just really good dog training. But when it comes to rehab, the remote collar is a very, very awesome tool. Next. Debbie said, thanks. Makes sense. You're welcome. Chris, my GSD is great at boarding, playing with other dogs, and no reaction at the vet's office. Mm -hmm. But on walks, he goes ballistic, barking, growling. No mm -hmm. corrective action I do deters the behavior. What is the issue? No correction action that you are aware about deters the behavior. What was his name? Mm, Chris. Chris. So, Chris, what, what are you walking the dog on? Is the dog in a proper heel? Not that heel and reactivity are two separate things, but just for you know informational purposes. Is the dog in a proper heel? What collar do you have on? And what is the correction that you use and the timing of the correction? So tools, timing, philosophy, intensity, all play into factors. All play into factors. Next. If you, you can you can respond to these farther down in the comments if you'd like. I'd love to hear. Next. Lori, Jeff did a great job summing that up. Lots of things to consider. Mm, thank you. Robert, I use the e-collar on one of my deaf rescue dogs. Yep. It is awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to learn more about its abilities. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I just do not want to be cavalier about its use. Yeah, I think, Robert, well, um, you know, you've got a decent ego then. Um, so... Um, one of the most important things for deaf dogs is to have a signal on the remotes. Now, you could use vibrate. I think you mentioned vibrate before. Vibrate can mean look at me. And then you can use your hand signals. And the way we teach dogs, we don't teach, we don't teach hand signal dog training. Deaf dogs, we do. Um, you would layer the hand signal over traditional training. Um, but, but again, sometimes the vibrate is too much. But... When the dog is off leash at a distance, it's a great way to get your dog's attention. Next. Hey, we have all these spam things. I got to block real quick. No, I can I can keep up with them. Okay. Um, I just like to look at the camera. Robert said, "You can ignore this question. I've asked too many, but can you discuss how you train dog dog aggression with an e collar?" No. It would take too long. Yes, I'll explain. It would take too long. Robert, I have a mentorship program. I coach dog trainers. At a minimum, you could do our inner circle, which we have starting in January. It's called the inner circle. Joelle can put the link up for that. Um, I also offer online consults. I have a lot of dog trainers that um, I consult with. You can also join our Patreon channel. And on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we do something called Zoom Room, which is video to video, audio to audio. Um, it's smaller group. I would say 75% trainer, 25% um, dog owner. And you get a lot of questions there. I would need so much information. So you could do a three-month internship 
you, you can't, but I'm saying you can do a three month internship with us and you still would not learn enough about aggression rehab. I've been working on aggression rehab for 20 years. There is so, Angelo, hold on. Ange, can you stop that? Thank you. Um, there is so many factors involved, so many factors. Because we're talking about the life and death of a dog, the safety of you, the safety of an owner, the safety of other dogs in the community, and the safety of other people in the community. So I'm very, very specific on how I rehab aggression. And there's a humongous amount of troubleshooting involved, a huge amount of troubleshooting. I would recommend actually people stay away from aggression rehab. I would actually recommend that people stay away from aggression rehab. It's the quickest way to get burnt out. It's the quickest way to get injured. And it's the conversation you have to have with owners sometimes that the dog just isn't, isn't good for the house or good with the other dog. And I would hate to see an owner do that because of a lack of skill set. But if you want to do it, there's ways to do it. There's people you can internship with as well, I'm sure. Or we can talk. Next. Oh, Jason, one-year-old dog, pet level train, bolted unexpectedly, pulled leash out of my hand and mm -hmm. ran to go play with a dog yep. she knows. Never have him before. Would you have corrected when you got her? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. No, that's not the way that it works. Um, what you do is you set it up. So we we would treat that the same way as if your dog was aggressive on a leash and like being leash reactive. So when your dog bolted, pre-bolt, your dog probably was aroused, got a little bit excited. No, which is your marker word, and then you apply your punisher, which would be the correction. That's how you stop bolting and reactivity. So correcting a dog for over arousal for excitement is not an aggressive dog consequence. It is an overly aroused dog consequence. And a dog bolting and running so you lose the leash, thank God there was not a car there, or it was just a strange dog. Next. Let's see. Um, Chris says he's on a pinch collar and I have a remote collar. This week I turned it up to the highest level. It didn't phase him. Okay. So pinch collar, have the dog in a proper heel. At a minimum, you can get our um, green to graduate program. The 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 e-collar, if the dog didn't feel it, a lot of dogs that are in drive blow through the highest level on a remote collar. I have a Malinois that during coyote season wears an e This is back when we were up north in New England and we had 180 acres that we lived on, um, uh, wore two collars. The dog doesn't need more e-collar training or more dog training, but coyotes, he, I, 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 I fixed it the next day without the coyote, but there's not too many opportunities to work them off coyotes. Deer, every day I can work them off deer. Horses, well, I can work them off horses. Coyotes, that can be challenging. But when you get a high drive dog, they don't care about 100, 127. Some of them don't care about a double boss. We use double bosses in some of our aggression rehab, leash reactivity. They don't care. 
So the first thing you do is start recognizing loading and start recognizing, um, believe it or not, a bonker at the first sign of loading is can be way more powerful than a remote collar. And if you know what a bonker is, it's just a wrapped up cotton towel, a simple cotton towel wrapped up. There's a specific way to deploy it in a simple, a specific timing of when to deploy. And you do it when the dog is he or is is loading, which it, it's looking, it's aroused, but it has not acted on it yet. So you're trying to keep the, the person sober. It's when they start thinking about going into the bar, that's when you have the biggest interaction. You do not wait till they walk towards the bar. You do not wait till they open the door. And you're sure as hell don't wait till they freaking sit and have a drink. You intervene when they're thinking about walking into the bar because you're trying to keep that person sober. Same with leash reactivity. Next. Robert, what is the link to the mentorship program? Did you put it up? No, what mentorship program? The mentorship program, the link to that, I believe on Patreon, if you join our Patreon channel. Do you still have that on there? I think if you join our Patreon channel, there's a $500 a month program. And you can only do it for one month if you want to. And you get a weekly one-hour uh, um face-to-face, voice-to-voice um, counsel with me. I believe it's on our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash solid canine training. Next. Jason, I realize I should have had a better grip. You should, yes, yes, but even, I mean, like we're after this, after this podcast, we're taking three of our dogs for a walk at night and there's dogs out, cats, nighttime critters, and they're all going to be off leash. One of them is a boarding train dog that's been here for- Not even two weeks. 12 days. 12 days. So, and we're going to be depending on our training to do it. Next. Jason, I already read that. Micah, can you correct understanding behavior? Can you correct understand behavior? You, Me, hold on. Okay. Is there more to it? The whole thing. Okay. Can you correct understand behavior immediately with the e-collar without the dog understanding it? For example, barking in the backyard, running upstairs. Yes. Okay. So, when it comes to non-obedience, this is what we do. A lot of dog trainers will say you can't. So this is the popular narrative out there, which is bullshit. Okay? It's actually an outright blatant lie. It's misinformation. It's bullshit. And, and it actually is making lives of families miserable and potentially going to cost the dog its own life or surrender. You do not have to have a relationship or a trained dog to apply a punisher to a dog for an unwanted behavioral issue. An unwanted behavioral issue. So we're not talking about obedience issue. We're talking about a behavioral issue. So yes, rushing the front door, barking out the front window, running the fence line, eating shit. <laughs> All those things, getting in the trash, getting in the dishwasher, going into a room it's not supposed to. You can make that room hot. Absolutely. Next. Lori, would you use an e-collar on a six-month-old German Shepherd pup that's roughhousing, biting on a child? It appears to be play behavior, but it's unacceptable at any rate. So what I would do first is I would actually mark it with no. First of all, I would teach the child um, the rules. The six-month-old dog is fully capable of getting a full Punisher applied to it. A German Shepherd, absolutely, I would encourage you to do it immediately. But I would probably say no and bonk the dog. 
or I would have the dog on a leash and a prong and I would say no and I would pop the dog away. I would also be teaching the dog the out away from people command. And I would correct the dog on a remote collar with the leash in hand so I can give that dog directional control. Next. Um, the good dog training says Marta requires a double boss. Well, Sean, anybody married to you is going to want to get away from you so much. It doesn't surprise me that somebody as highly intelligent as Marta, um, she doesn't need a double boss. It's that you, she's getting away from you so intensely that it takes you a double boss to stop her because you don't have good looks. You're not charming. And my understanding is your bedroom behavior is subpar. Ouch. Sean is a friend of mine. That's deep. I do not pick on people nor make fun of people, but that is Sean from the good, the good Dog, a highly skilled dog trainer, a great person to shadow with, an incredible author, an underrated trainer, well-written, and knows more about animal behavior than most people on the internet. You, but well, his we wife still done. wants to get away from him. Next. Okay. Yuzuka, my dog, can get pretty anxious and a bit excited at the same time when he sees a dog. Can I still correct when he raises his tail up? If yes, with what level? His working level is two to six. Okay. So when we have conversations about correcting bad behaviors, working levels do not need to be in the, um, um, in the equation. It's good information to know. Because if you told me your dog's working level was a 30 or 40, you know, I would say, well, you better go up to an 80. Um, but if your dog's at a two to six, I would maybe say go to a 30 or 40. What level? I actually don't even want to tell you the level. I just want to say the right level. And I'm not trying to be snarky. What it is, is it's you tell me, come back um, on Wednesday and tell me what level did it take? And I don't want you to nag the dog. So in other words, if you did it, the dog stopped, and tomorrow you did it again, and then you did it again. So the dog's stopping in the moment, but it's not eliminating it. Next. Sean said, all jokes aside, info is right on the money. Oh, thank you. Ashley, good Friday evening. Have a great weekend. Thanks for keeping us on our toes. Thank you for all the helpful resources available to us and our clients. You're welcome, Ashley. Thanks for the great question on yesterday's, on last night's Zoom that we had for all of our affiliates. So we had our first Zoom for folks in our affiliate program for our courses. So if you want to become an affiliate and you can earn as much as 40% of all the sales that you make of all of our programs, it is pretty much almost fully automated for you. You help your clients. And guess what? It's not just for dog trainers. If you own a dog and you use one of our programs, Mm. And you're like the green to graduate, like I rehab my dog with green to graduate and everybody in the neighborhood notices and I love the course and you've got a social media presence or you work at a workplace or you're recommending us to, to people. Why not make, a, why not make, you know, anywhere from 60 to a hundred dollars every time somebody buys something from us forever. Why not? So this was the first um, support we had for our affiliates. And we'll be doing many of those because we want you to be successful and we want dogs. We want dogs to, um, to succeed and, and to stay out of shelters. Next. 
Marta said, miss you. We'll have to call you soon. Okay, Marta. We miss you too. And um, thank you. And I, I understand why you want to reach out. Uh, I understand. I understand. Aye, aye. Next. Skylar, I've decided to rehome three of my dogs so they can have a better life. I'm struggling with guilt for not being able to do more for them. They spend 24-7 in a kennel. Am I making the right decision? Skylar, this is a tough one, hon. If you want to talk personally, um, uh, the one on the 30-minute one-on-ones on me, just just email me or email Joelle and, and we'll set it up for you. All right, please. All right. We'll talk about that privately. Um, in general, though, because there probably are other people that are probably um, uh, uh, on the fence about that and have a tremendous amount of guilt about rehoming or putting down a dog. I care so much about humans and that I care about dogs. So my first, my first concern is always the human. And most people will call you selfish. Most people will call you a non-dog lover. Most people will tell you, call you, called you, will call you, well, you shouldn't have gotten the dogs in the first place. But most people, or I'm pretty sure no one, has walked in your actual shoes. Your actual shoes. Now, there's a great interview out there between, I think, Tom Bilyeu, I think. I'm not sure. I watched it the other night. I watch, um, I do a lot of podcasts. I watch of, of thought leaders between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. And it was talking about, if you heard the phrase like, I don't understand, both kids were raised the same. And say you've got a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old, they actually weren't raised the same. Just because they had the same parents, same household, same rules, they weren't raised the same. Because they were raised in different times. I don't want to get into it too deep. They were raised at different times um, in the parents' life. Mm. Um, so it's impossible to be raised the same. Um, so when I say no one's ever walked in your footsteps, no one actually has walked in your footsteps. And your footsteps today will be different than your footsteps tomorrow and your footsteps next week. And, and, and I think it's important to understand that it's such a personal thing. So I am all about this. If we cannot have a strong Skylar, we cannot have a strong mom, because I know you just had a baby or you're about to have a baby. About to have a baby. You can't have a strong mom. You cannot have a strong partner. You cannot have a strong business. Um, you cannot be a strong member of the community. And you are not being strong and powerful to yourself. The stronger Skyler is, the better Skyler is, everybody wins. Is this a selfish thing for you to do? Is it irresponsible? None of us are in a position to pass judgment on you. None of us are at all. I'm not even religious, but for folks that are, you should know that. But none of us, you can, if you want to, but that's that person's problem. So are you doing, is it right or are you wrong? I forgot what it was. Are you wrong for doing it? I can't answer that for you, Skylar. I'm not in your shoes. 
All I can say is I've coached many people on end of life, many people on having to surrender a dog. Um, and it's never an easy conversation. In our seminars, we coach people on relationships and we are not qualified for relationships, but with the information that we give, it passes over to a lot of relationships. Next. Robert, once say leash reactivity or some other unwanted behavior is fixed with the e-collar, how long does the fix last? Is there follow-up training required or do we just wait and see if it reoccurs? It's a very good question, Robert. Um, I dropped off Angelo at gymnastics today at 11. It goes from 11 to 12. The gym is 15 minutes away. That's 30 minutes round trip from his gymnastic class. I raced to the gym and got a 30 minute workout in. I'm 56 years old. I feel very strongly that I need to stay physically and mentally active on a daily basis to improve my body. I cannot take it for granted that because I'm in good shape, I can start eating like shit and not working out. We are very, very good at eliminating unwanted behaviors, not just managing them. Now, there are, there are, th there are dogs and there are situations where management is absolutely, number one, recommended, required, and I will be the biggest cheerleader for it because it keeps the dog in the house. Every once in a while, I have to remind my dogs. Like, we don't do that, remember? Like we had the conversation three years ago, two years ago, last month, five years ago. So I think the great thing about that is once you're a dog and once you know the formula, what's a simple no with a correction to let the dog know? Yeah, rules still apply. That's where the human training of your clients really come in. Next. Lisa said, I volunteer at a shelter. Would I be able to be an affiliate? Of course you if can. If you are breathing, you can be an affiliate. I which, posted which, the link. Which doesn't mean we take everybody. But, but what it means is you are actually in a great position to mm -hmm. be an affiliate because you can keep those dogs from coming back to your shelter. Mm -hmm. You can, you can. I don't want to say guarantee, but if you a dog went home and if you, if, what you can do is you can work, we can talk to the shelter manager and they can make it required, put it this way, we have breeders. We have breeders that make it required that they buy our puppy course if they're going to get a puppy from them. How bad do you want this puppy? Well, spend the extra $150. Mm -hmm. Because they want, the, they want the dog to be successful. Yeah. So you would be wonderful to be, for you to do that. It would be an asset to your community. Next. Make a huge difference in those dog's yep. lives. Megan said, do you ever sleep? Joelle, she gets good seven, eight hours. That's because I'm in charge of morning shift. I need my sleep. That's because I'm in charge of morning shift. <laughs> True. So her dog has been let out, fed, and exercised before her head lifts off that soft, comfy, comfy pillow. It's true. And I love every minute of it. Um, lucky lady. And um, I do sleep. I have got horrific sleep patterns. Mm-hmm. 
Next. Uh, Tatum, when is it too late to correct or apply NCS? I've always heard if you don't do it immediately, they won't know what it's for. But occasionally I drop the ball, my dog breaks, and I'm not prepared. If I say no, they'll go back. But no alone isn't enough to keep them from doing it ever again. So over again. NCS historically, to get the most, which is different than punishment, NCS is non-compliant stim, which is still at working or a little bit up from working level because there might be a distraction, but it's still not put the hammer down. Don't do that again. It's still part of the training phase, not the correction phase, even though I believe that applying a punisher is training, obviously, or we wouldn't do it. Ideally, if a dog is in a, a, a down and it sits up and you hit the remote and the dog lies back down, which is NCS. Dog comes off of place, hit the remote, dog goes back. Dog is recalling to you, does a little sniff on the ground, tap the remote, working level a little bit more. Dog finishes the, you know, the recall, that's NCS. So ideally, as close to that as possible. Now, applying a punisher for doing something wrong, you actually have time. Now, marking it, not marking it with a no should be timely, but then applying the consequence, you've got some time. Next. Also, this is a great time to talk about Green to Graduate Done With You, which is the new program we just mm, launched mm. because those are the kinds of questions people sometimes get hung up on. It's like, oh, can I use SIM or now you're missing opportunities for your dog to learn because you're second guessing yourself. So we came up with the Green to Graduate Done With You which is a four-week coaching program with me and Jeff where you can literally ask us questions in video format or chat format all month long. If you need guidance, we will give it to you. If you're stuck on something, you don't know how to proceed, we can help you. Um, and basically, we will do like like probably weekly lives with the group attendees mm -hmm. um, where it's like open Q&A. And then throughout the week, you can send us questions. We'll get back to you within 24 hours. So we're basically like holding your hand as you go through the Green to Graduate program. And we wanted to come up with something like this for that exact reason. Because a lot of people, I think, they almost know what to do, but they second guess it or they just have like these little speed bumps come up mm. and they're not sure what to do. Who asked that question? That was Tatum. So Tatum. I'll post the link to the Green to Graduate. Imagine this. We caught what you did on video. <laughs> right? Or you role play that on video. You sent us the video and we literally coached you what the better timing would have been, what you could have done better. Imagine that. And you can save, if you already How's have green and graduate, which you do. You can save 500. Actually, I don't know. It sounds like you do, but maybe not. If you already have green and graduate, we sent you an email where you get a huge discount. And then if you don't have green and graduate, you buy it and you still save $200 right, right. off the normal retail right. price. So exactly. we're running those specials. So we've got it for folks that have already bought it or have never bought it. And you would get the, the whole thing, the green to graduate um, done with you like program, which includes the green to graduate program. Yep. Next. Lisa said, thanks so much. You're welcome. Yuzuka, I would like my dog to coexist with other dogs without barking or growling. But mm -hmm. when I make my dog sit in front of a dog park with some distance, mm -hmm. he shakes and keeps looking away. Any advice? Yes, excellent. Your dog is making progress. He's avoiding. So put the dog in a down. Not, not that that will make it any better or worse, but a down is a more natural position. And it actually can expedite 
actually, I shouldn't say you should make it better or worse. It's 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 a better training um, on a conversation opportunity to do it from there. But think about this. Um, what is your name? Yuzuka. Yuzuka. You want your dog to stop growling and barking at dogs. You are outside of a dog park. Your dog is avoiding looking. I'm trying to stay, I'm being sober for 30 years, but and I'm not trying to stay sober. I am sober and I've got no interest in drugs or alcohol anymore. But someone that's trying to stay sober is walking by their favorite bar. That's their go-to. You know, they say either I can't go down that street. I'm not ready yet. I need to walk on the other side of the street because I can't be tempted because I'm not strong enough yet. Good job. Good job at your willpower. Good job trying to do your best job to stay sober. And I'm looking forward to the day where you can just walk right by that bar and not care. Okay, next. Robert said, I like that answer. Good analogy. Yeah, thanks. Um, Terry G, Skylar, sincere prayers for strength, comfort for you and whatever you decide, yeah. hugs. And you know what, Ter uh, Skylar, don't let anybody tell you how you should what the correct answer is. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people out there that are holding on to dogs and acquiring more dogs. They might like dogs, they might love dogs, or they might, they might say they love dogs, but they're not thinking about well, no, we have to get this dog because I love dogs. I understand that. You have a job. You have children. You have a spouse. I'd like to think you have a hobby and personal, and the dogs might be your hobby. I'm not dissuading people from adopting a dog. Do not get me wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't be a, care about dogs. Do not get me wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't foster dogs. I'm not saying you shouldn't acquire dogs. Do not get me wrong. But a lot of people are using the acquiring of dogs as almost the therapy, which actually is not, is avoiding the actual real issue, personal issues, partner issues, not dealing with some childhood trauma, possibly, not dealing with relationships. You know, people that say, I love dogs more than people. That is a little concerning. I think people are wonderful. I think dogs are wonderful. But I think people are really wonderful. Next. Skylar, thank you. I'll email you as soon as I get home. You're right. I do need to be my best self for my daughter and my fiance. Okay, good. Lisa said, that's a great idea, agreeing to graduate with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're really excited about it. We're, we're really excited. And it... It's going to be such a game changer for people because the coaching that we do, I mean, I, I do five clients a day minimum with my one-on-one -on -one coaching all around the world, all around the world. It's, it's, it's so incredible technology. Mm -hmm. with time, even with time zones, it doesn't matter. Someone has a 14-hour difference in time zone, we make it work. Whether I've got to get up early, bless you, Angelo. Thank you. Um, you know, it, it's just so incredible. I love it. I love coaching people. Next. 
to even the short leash handling video in Green to Graduate really helped improve the already pretty good walk with my dog. Yeah. So detailed and helpful. Good. I'm glad. There's, there's Sue. So you know that these little nuances, right? These tiny little nuances. Mm-hmm. So I don't, the, 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 the one-on-one that we had, the woman that came down from Virginia to do a one-on-one to Florida, mm-hmm. that was uh, on Instagram stories. Yeah, I have like I have a ton of stuff I still have to put together. Of that, okay. But yeah, I did put it on the story. So it's probably gone now. Our dog has killed dogs before, and um, obviously she's nervous on the walk. And little nuances on her breathing, her body position, her hand, the way she held the leash, yep. the way her arm was, her thought process, where her eyes went. For yep. all, all for all my folks out in the snowy areas, you know how to get out of a skid in the snow, correct? You sure as hell don't look at the freaking telephone pole in the snowbank, do you? You better not, because that's where you're going. All my horse people, same way. Not that you're going into a snowbank or a telephone pole, but but where your eyes go, the horse goes, correct? Because your body shifts in that direction, even if you don't realize it. When you're trying to get out of a skid, you don't look into the skid. You look away from the skid. Where do I want to end up? I want to end up left of that telephone pole. Well, that's where your eyes better be. Next. Uh, Yuzuka said, thank you for answering both of my questions. You're welcome, Yuzuka. Skylar said, thank you, Terry. You're welcome. And that's it. Yeah, that's and wonderful. Angela, you want to plug your podcast, buddy? So if you haven't listened to Angelo's podcast, Angelo is 10. He is a homeschooler. He is a, an incredible human being. Mm-hmm. And we're adding to his resume, or he has added to his resume by choice, he is a professional podcaster. Professional. And, and his, he is. Professional. Uh, um, it's, uh, anybody around the world can see your podcast. Let's hear what. So your podcast last night was on what? Okay, so my podcast last night was Egyptian mythology. You, it was live. It's live every time, but you can see the recording on. Can you see the recording on Facebook? Facebook and. On YouTube. Yeah. You can see the recording on Facebook and YouTube. And you also have your own podcast channel. I I do? You sure do. I set it up for you. Ah, neat. Yes. Anyways, the next podcast will be he, Thursday, the Thursday, this Thursday. Right. It'll be the 15th of December. Okay. So Thursday, the 15th, I will do my podcast, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Greek Mythology. And is there a Q&A? Yeah, it's a Q&A. Okay, awesome. And you can see his replays on YouTube. There you have it. There you have it. He's a podcaster, and he's going to be going up to two podcasts a week. He'll be doing okay. he'll be doing a weekend daytime podcast as well. Neat. Well, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. It's been fantastic. We're taking the dogs for a walk, enjoying the Christmas lights in the neighborhood. I know, we're going to get a video of our, everyone has officially decorated on our street. And um, it is, uh, it is warm outside because we're in Florida. Weather's been great. Yes, it is. All right, everybody. Madly in love with you. I care about you. I treasure you. And I hope you all well. Bye. Bye now.